So today we are continuing the series that we uh, started several weeks ago titled Rewards. Um, and so this is week five. Next week we will be concluding this series uh, as we kind of um, pull it all together and wrap it up uh, in this reward series as we've worked our way through these different areas of our lives that, um, that God promises us rewards for. Uh, just a preview for not just uh, once we, like I said, next week we will wrap up this series. Um, and actually to you know is uh, next Sunday will be a little bit different in that we are going to have our, um, the Boy Scout troop that, that meets in our building every week is going to be here with us next Sunday. Um, they have a, a Scout Sunday that they in, encourage all of their Scouts to go, to go to their church. And if they don't have a church, we're inviting them to come here to Oregon Trail. And so they will be doing a flag ceremony to kick off our, our service next week. And, and they will be with us in our services. So one, just to tell you that that's coming. So when you come here, you're like, why are all these boys here? Um, that's, that's why. So, but uh, like I said, we're going to have a, a great time next, next Sunday with them in the service and as we conclude this series. And then the next series we're going to be going into is uh, we're going to study the life of David. And so the series title is A Man After God's Own Heart. We'll be spending six weeks going through the different events of David's life. And so, again, we're going to be uh, looking forward to that. And again, next week, we're going to have some invite cards for that series and hand out to you uh, so that, you, again, you can be invited and inviting friends to come and to hear that series that we'll be kicking off in two weeks. Um, but today, like I said, we are week five of rewards. And this series was started just as through my own Bible reading and, and, and seeing that this, this, uh, this word kept popping up and this concept about if, if, we, if we do life God's way, right, that we will reap rewards for doing that. And again, my, my first reaction, right, is, is, well, but that's not really true to the gospel message. The gospel message is that we don't earn our salvation, right? And yet, how does, how does this play out? And yet, when you look at our theme verse, again, Hebrews eleven six, right, that God rewards those who sincerely seek him. And so, as we've, we've done every week, as we work through this, this series, I want to start with, with uh, these verses that clearly state in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, that God saves you by his grace when you believe. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done. So none of us can boast about it. And we know, again, we are not saved by our own works. We do not earn our salvation. We are saved by grace through faith, just as these verses says. Right? And then yet, once we receive our salvation and we join the journey of faith, which is, again, by believing in Christ and and accepting him as our savior, which is completely free and not based on what we do, right? Then we start a new journey with Christ, being uh, more like Christ every day as we grow in our faith. And yet, um, as we see through scripture, though, as we grow in our faith and, can, and are committed to our faith journey, there are rewards to be had in this life and in the life to come if we do life God's way and if we follow his instructions that he gave us in his word. And that's where we see this concept of rewards play out within our faith. We see in 1 Timothy 4.8, where Paul says physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. And obviously the life to come is our eternal life with Christ in heaven, right? And that, again, that's our salvation of being to, to spend eternity with him, right? And yet there are rewards there as well. There are rewards to be had in this life from, from the moment we join the journey of faith and receive Christ our Savior Right, until our earthly journey ends when we are with Christ and his unhindered presence in heaven. And between that time, he gives us instructions in his word of how to do life. Right? And if we do life his way, then we reap 
rewards in this life, right, as a part of that journey, as well as in the life to come. And so in the, in the, the last several weeks of this series, we've been looking at what does godliness training look like? As you see, the godliness training, right, if I become more godly tomorrow than I am today, I'm moving forward in my faith journey, I'll reap more rewards. And we've looked at these different areas that God's word speaks to and gives us advice on, on how, to, uh, how to do life his way. Okay, we have godliness training in our work. Okay, and we say, again, not just our career or where we, where we go to, um, you know, to do our job every day and to earn our living, but, but how everything that we do uh, uh, in life can be for God and for his glory. Okay, and that was week two. And then we looked at godliness training for our money in week three. And again, the scripture talks about money and possessions more than, than any other topic other than salvation. Right? And God talks about it a ton and, and all these different instructions. And that week we looked at kind of the, the, the way to, to handle our money God's way. And then um, last week we looked at godliness training for persecution and times of struggle. Right? And we saw last week that Jesus tells us the truth from the very beginning. And it, it's, there's this, this common misconception that if I receive Christ as my Savior, all my problems will go away and my life will be perfect. In fact, that's the opposite of what Jesus tells us. There you saw last week that, in fact, Jesus says, when you receive Christ, you will have struggles because of that. But yet we have also a newfound hope because God is with us and is walking us through all of those things and, and how, again, God can use every moment of our life, even those moments of struggle, if we don't give up right, and to keep going. And he gives us that hope. And now today, um, as we move to week five, we are looking today at godliness training for our relationships, how we interact with each other, how we interact with our God, how do we, um, you know, keep relationships at the right point and at the right priority in our lives, right? And when we think about this concept of relationships, we have to start all the way back at Genesis in the creation story and realize that, that we were made in God's image, Okay, and from that moment when you're created in God's image means we were created for relationship. Right? We were designed again in his image. He's a relational God and created us for relationship. And that we, again, in his image, we are able to love right, and interact in the way that God does. And with that said, is, is, as relationships therefore become a very foundational issue. We were created for relationship, right? and therefore we need to do it the way that God tells us to and designed us to be in relationships. Okay, relationships are very, very important in our lives. In fact, most people, when they get to the end of their earthly life, at the end of their life, they don't lay in their deathbed and be like, man, I wish I would have made you know, more money, or I wish I would have had a bigger house, or I wish I would have you know, had more possessions. Right? No, their regret in life is like, I wish I would have spent more time with my family. I wish I would have had deeper relationships or my marriage would have been better or I wish I would have had you know, a better relationship with God or whatever it might be. Right? Those regrets at the end of most people's lives are relational. They're not tied to possession. Right? And when we, when we realize that and we, we focus on that, we understand how much of a foundational issue and how important relationships really are. Right? And yet, um, that's a theme I want to take through today, right? is, is that relationships are an incredibly foundational issue. Okay, and when he, when he realized that, again, Jesus himself talked about relationships over and over and over again. Okay, there was a point in the middle of, 
uh, um, again, of, of his ministry where Jesus was, was being questioned and drilled by the religious leaders of the day. Okay, and they asked him what the most important commandments of the law of Moses were. Okay, and then Jesus responds to them, and, and we see this story in Matthew 22, as he, he answers their question about what are the most important commandments with, with this. Then Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the entire law and all of the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Now, again, this is a very famous passage by Jesus. It's one that, that um, again, we use a lot and talk about a lot in the church, and rightfully so, because, again, Jesus takes all of the Old Testament law, all of, all of the teachings of the prophets, all of these things, and he sums it up in these two commandments. Right? And these two commandments is love God with everything that you have, right? and then put others in front of yourself. Right? And when we realize this, though, and the reason I want to, to bring this out today is because, notice, both of these commandments are centered in relationship. Right? Relationships are that foundational. They are that core. And by this answer, Jesus shows us how powerful relationships really are. Right? That if your relationships are right, if they're in the right priority, and if you're doing them well, then everything else falls in line. Right? All of the other details of your life, right? even the details of your work and your money and your, your struggle and persecution will all fall in place if you do your relationships right. And so that, that's where we're starting today is through not just this teaching of Jesus, but all throughout Scripture we realize that relationships are powerful. Relationships are incredibly powerful in our life. Right? And, and we know that to be true when you think back even in your own life and even your most strugg biggest struggles or, or the, the things that we, we hold the highest victories in our life are typically relational things. Right? When we look at, uh, again, our relationship with our family of origin and growing up, right? our relationship with our parents, okay? our relationship with our spouse or significant other, our relationship with our kids. They are relationships with our extended family and with our community and neighbors and all those kinds of things. Relationships are incredibly powerful. Okay, and this answer has become, again, one of the core values of our faith. To love God first with everything that I have. The first and most important relationship in my life is my relationship with God. Okay, and just as Jesus tells us here, then that needs to be the first thing, the first top priority in our life, and then to put my relationships with other people before myself, right, that God's become, God becomes my first priority, right, that loving others becomes my second priority, which means then I fall in the third slot, right, in my own life, in my own desires, right, when we look at our relationships and, and the way that Jesus tells us to line them up, Right, is that this, again, has become the core, one of the core foundational truths of our faith. Now, with that, though, is say, okay, great, I, I get that outline, I, I get that, but how do you actually do that? Right, because there's lots of logistics that Jesus kind of leaves out there. He's like, yeah, love God with everything you have, love, love your neighbor as yourself, but what does that mean? Right, again, that's a question that we, we, um, we see people ask Jesus all the time, what does that really mean, how do I live that out? Right, and one that, that we can continually ask. And again, Peter, um, in, in 1 Peter chapter 1, speaks to this 
um, and how do we really live out these, this concept. So that's going to be our, our text for this morning um, as we look at, again, how do we live out these, this concept that Jesus gives us, God first and others second. So we're going to read this morning from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 22. So if you have your Bible with you, I invite you to open with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. Uh, if you don't have your own Bible or don't have it with you today, there are Bibles provided for you in the seat pockets, and you're welcome to use one of those. And you'll notice on, in the outline of the page numbers of where you can find these passages in that Bible. Um, so as we open up this morning to 1 Peter chapter 1, we're going to start reading uh, at verse 13, okay, where it says, So think clearly and exercise self-control. Look forward to the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy. And remember that the heavenly father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time as foreigners in this land. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from this empty life that you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he has paid was not mere gold or silver. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began, but he has now revealed him to you in these last days. Through Christ, you have come to trust in God, and you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth, so now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. As we see here, um, Peter again goes into, uh, again, what is our life going to look like after we receive Christ, right? And how do we live out the concepts, right, of, of the way that God tells us to live our life? Again, he tells us to live as God's obedient child, right? Because when I receive Christ, when I join the journey of faith, right, my identity changes from God's creation to God's child. And then I start, and that's, that's what my faith journey is all about, is saying, now what does my life as God's obedient child look like, right? How do I live that day to day, and how do I continue to grow in my faith? And so again, P Peter gives us some advice here on how do I live as God's obedient child, Okay, and then he, he gives us first, this first priority in my life, that, that it is the number one place, right, is, is, needs to be my relationship with God. And so, again, I do whatever it takes for me to make my relationship with God my first priority. Right, because now that is the purpose of my life, right, is to serve God and to worship God. Not, not myself, not other people, not to get rich, not to, uh, you know, um, to to win the way the world describes winning. Okay, in fact, that's what he says in this passage, right? He says, hey, don't, don't fall back into those old ways of the world. Right? Again, you didn't know better before you knew Christ. Now you do. Now you see the world differently. Don't, don't fall back into that way of life. But yet do it God's way, right? Be his obedient child. And, and the first and foremost thing is that my relationship with God is my first priority. Right, that it goes ahead of, of everything else. Right, again, as, as P 
Peter tells us in, in verse 17. He says, so you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residents. Again, our home is not here on earth, right? Our home is with God in heaven, right? That is our true home. And so again, he takes this concept, right, of the fact that, hey, we are foreigners in this land now, right? That the way that we are to live our life is, is like living in a foreign culture. They just do things differently. They see it differently, right? And you, as, a, as God's child, will now see the world differently and that your priority, first and foremost, is God, which is very different than the way the world lives our life. Right? Because the world, in the way of the world, is I look out for myself. Like, I am number one. Right? Yeah, God says, make God number one. And then he says, again, our first priority is Christ, and then the next step is to make my relationship with others my second priority. He, he tells us this um, in verse 22. And he says, so now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all of your heart. Again, he says, right, that again, God is first, right, and because I am loved by God and because I am forgiven by God and, and, and I, I experience a love from God that I've never experienced from anybody else, right, that gives me the ability then to love other people in that same way, right? As I receive grace and forgiveness from God, then I realize what that really is like. And as I receive that love, I, I'm loved by God and therefore I can then Give grace and forgiveness and love to people in a way that I never have before, right? That, that God is first and that others come second. Obviously, he's teaching us the same thing that Jesus taught in Matthew, right? He's saying God is first and others are second, and this is how I stack up my relationships. Okay, and then um, it, we, he goes into and, and, and implies, just as Jesus does, that there are rewards for doing life this way. If our relationships line up, right, then there are rewards for genuine relationships. And that's, you know, one of the things with this verse, that, that this really stands out to me, is he says, again, he must show sincere love to each other. But again, he says, don't, again, don't fake it, right, but actually love them deeply. Right? And we all know, right, we put on masks in front of people. In fact, oftentimes, one of the, the biggest places we put on a mask is in church, right? We show up here, and even when uh, things are not good, we still come, and when everybody says, hey, how are you doing? I'm good. And we still say we're good, even when we're not good, right? And we, and we, we put on this mask. We, we put on this facade for people. Okay? And, and again, he, I mean, Peter's telling us. He's like, don't do that, right? Don't just, don't just fake loving other people. Like, actually do it, right? Love them deeply, right? Be who you really are. Like, focus and, and do it all of the way, right? And when we do it all of the way, and again, the same thing is true with our relationship with God. If he's really our first priority, don't fake it, right? But actually make him your first priority, right? And, and live that out. Again, and part of that, of making him my first priority is actually giving him the credit that he's due, Right, again, just like we talked about last week, when you're in times of struggle and, and you go through that, somebody's like, how can you be still, you know, still have a smile on your face in the middle of the struggle and just say, tell them the truth. It's because I'm walking through it with God and I know I'm not by myself. Again, don't fake it. Right? Tell people the truth. Uh, the real reason why you can find a joy that is unexplainable. And yet we see throughout Scripture that there are 
rewards for genuine relationships. Okay, and, and the reward number one is that I will help with my faith journey if I do relationships this way. Right? If God is first and I genuinely put God first in my life and, and make that, pri- that relationship priority number one. Right? And then if I, if I put others before myself and do that, then I will help, help, help in my own faith journey. Again, this, uh, this, this weekend, we went, several of us went to the couples retreat, and again, talking about that couples retreat, and one of the things that, that Gary talked about in that, right, is the fact that we have to be, have mutual understanding, okay, but mutual understanding starts with our faith. Again, if I'm growing and walking with my wife, and we're both growing to the same God, then we have a foundation we can move forward with, okay, and we help each other in our own faith journey, Right? And the more that we focus on that relationship, right, it helps my relationship with God, putting that even first priority. Right? And again, the healthiest way to have, a, to have a good marriage is truthfully to be following God both individually. Right? And the more that you follow God individually, the more you can come together again as a couple right? and have a healthy relationship in that way too. Again, but yet, um, oftentimes when we, if we do struggle in our faith, one of the first things we do is stay away from other people and from church. Right, which is exactly the opposite of what we should do. Okay, in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another towards acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Again, as I, if I live this out and God is my first priority and, and others are second and I, I show up to do relationships real right, um, with other believers, and, and especially within the church, they're saying, when I come together, then it's supposed to encourage me in my faith, right, and the, and the, the people I have closest relationships with are going to move me forward in my faith journey, right, as they hold me accountable, as they encourage me, as they motivate me towards these acts of love and good works, right, that I will find help in my faith journey, right, if I continue to keep God first and others second. Okay, then the next reward that we find if we, if we do relationships this way, if I keep God first and, and others second, is I see that, again, the next reward is that others will find Christ, right, through my example. Because just, just as Peter says, like, this is so opposite of the way that the world lives, right, that other people will notice a difference in you if you're putting God first. Right? And then my relationship with others in front of myself. Okay, again, in 1 Peter 2, uh, later in this same letter, uh, in the next chapter, I mean, he says, but you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. So be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Again, he says, again, that, that like your life as a follower of Jesus is very different. Okay, that putting God first and putting other people in front of yourself is not normal in this world, and yet that light will shine incredibly bright amongst the dark world. Because our identity is different. We are God's holy nation, his own possession. Right? And as we see that, again, we will, can share God's light, right? And he says, be careful how you live among your unbelieving neighbors. 
Again, part of the point of us doing relationships in this priority in this way is to help other people find Christ. But again, I, and I, I, as we think about that and, and realize, we're like, okay, we have this, this, this framework for our relationships, but what does that really look like in real life? Right? Can my faith journey, can me growing in my own journey, keeping these relationships in this priority, can it really help somebody else? What does that look like in a daily life? I want to show you a video of a, a testimony, a story of somebody of how they lived this out and how it truly affected other people's lives. So let's, let's watch this video. I also had another friend um, since junior high, and she befriended me. Her name was Stacy, and she was this girl that loved God and loved others. And um, this is a picture of us uh, at our senior prom. This is Stacy right here, and that's me, yes. I look like Harry Potter. And, uh, <laughs> but the great thing about Stacy Bell was uh, she was this girl that just loved God and loved others. And in high school, she didn't, didn't matter what clique you hung out with or, or what you did. She just knew that people needed Jesus. And um, here's a story of uh, Stacy and a guy named Dennis. Huh. My name is Dennis, and I'm supposed to tell you a story, so I'll go with this one. Um, I was walking down the halls at school one day, and this, I dropped my books, you know. And, like, for you, that's probably not a big deal. But for me, you know, dropping my books, it's like a whole production to try and pick them back up. And so I'm standing there, and I'm looking at my books, and I'm trying to use the force, you know. And... <laughs> the forest was not with me, you know? And this pretty blonde-haired girl walks up, and she said, hey, my name is Stacy. How about I help you with your books? And I'm like, how about you do that? <laughs> so she picks up my books, and she said, I'll just carry them to your next class. And I'm like, <laughs> So as we're going to class, Stacy's telling me about herself and what she does and all this, and then we get to my class, and she sits my books down, and she looks at me, and she said, hey, I got a great idea. She said, me and some of my friends are going roller skating tomorrow night. How about you join us? And I was like, yeah, I don't do so well on wheels, you know? She said, it's okay. I will help you. I said, Okay. So the next day, her mom and her came by and picked me up, and they took me to the roller skating rink. You should have been there. I don't know who was more scared, me or the guy I handed my money to and said, size nine and a half, please. <laughs> Stacy helped me put on my roller skates, and for a little while, I just sat on the side and, and watched everybody skate. But it was so great just to be a part of a group. And then Stacy skated over. And she said, why don't you come out on the skating rink? And I was like, no, no, I'm cool. She goes, no, come on. I was like, no, no. She goes, come on, I will help you. I said, okay. So Stacy helped me out on the skating rink. This leg went that way, and this leg went that way. You should have seen everybody's eyes looking at me. I was like, it's cool, I'm a professional skater, you know? <laughs> With Stacy's help, I made it around the skating rink twice. It was awesome. After we had finished skating and Stacy's mom was dropping me off at my house, Stacy said, hey, Dennis, I've got another great idea. She goes, tomorrow my family's having a cookout and going swimming. Why don't you join us? And I was like, yeah. You see this body? It don't float, you know? 
She goes, it's okay. I will help you. I said, okay. So the next day, my mom dropped me off at Stacy's house. It was so great just feeling the sun on my body. Stacy was swimming, and she said, Dennis, come on in the pool. And I was like, nah, I'm cool. She goes, no, come on. I said, no, no, no. She goes, come on. I will help you. I said, okay. So Stacy helped me down into the pool, and I was in the shallow end, and I was like, wee. <laughs> she goes, no, no, come on in the deeper end. And I said, no. She goes, come on, I will help you. And I was like, okay, help me, you know? So she did. She held out her arms, and she let me float in the water. It was great. After we finished swimming, we were eating hamburgers and talking, and Stacy was telling me all of her plans. I'll tell you this right now. That girl could change the world if she wanted to. And then all of a sudden, she stopped, and she looked at me. And she said, hey, Dennis, tell me about your dreams. And I said, I don't really have any. She goes, come on, everybody has dreams. And I said, no, not me. And she just kept pushing the issue. And so I got frustrated with her. And I looked at her and I said, okay, fine. You want to know my dreams? I'll tell you my dreams. I said, in my dreams, this old leg, it is straight, just like everybody else's. And I said, in my dream, this old hip is right in place, just like everybody else's. And I can run and jump, no problem. And I said, in my dream, these old hands, they are no longer crippled. And if I drop my books, I just bend down and pick up my books, no problem. And I said, in my dream, I don't need these old glasses to see anymore. In my dream, my mouth is normal, just like everybody else's. And I can go to school and nobody looks at me different. And I get up in the morning, I don't hate who I see. But then I realize it's only a dream. We sat there in silence for quite a while, much like this. And Stacy looked at me, and I'll never forget what she said. She looked me right in the eye, and she said, Dennis, that's the dumbest dream I've ever heard. <laughs> and I was like, well, you sure know how to make a cripple guy feel good. <laughs> she said, no, Dennis, you don't get it. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I said, no, Stacy, you don't get it. I'm a joke. And she said, oh, Dennis, you spend way too much time looking on the outside. You need to realize that God does not look as man looks for. Man looks on the outside, but God looks at the heart. And she said, Dennis, you've got a great heart. And you know what? She's right. Because of a girl named Stacy, my life is different. Thank you. Relationships are powerful. Right? And if we keep God first and put others second, right, is God can truly work, right? And relationships can be powerful, right? And as we realize that, how powerful they can be if we truly live out the priority that God gives us in our relationships, right? Then it leads us then to reward number three. 
Okay, and that's what okay, Jesus promises us. And that is, you will find life. Again, here, Jesus doesn't mean that, you know, I mean, your heart will beat if you do relationships this way, right? And it won't if you don't. No, but he says you will find life. You'll find it in a different way than if you do relationships the way the world tells you to. Okay, in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus is teaching about relationships, and he teaches this same concept, God first and other second. And right in the middle of the teaching, he makes this statement. He says, if you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of being mine. But if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Again, Jesus tells us, if you do relationships the way I'm telling you to do them, God first, other second, then you will give up your life in the way that you know it. Right? And your life will look different, but you will find real life. Again, and Jesus doesn't go in and defines what that really looks like, but yet if we live out his teachings, we know what real life looks like. And I, under, I get it. This is not the normal way to do relationships or to live our life. The worldly way is to use relationships to get myself ahead. Why? But God's way of doing relationship is very different. Putting God first. Worshiping him with everything that I have. My relationship with him is my first priority. And then putting others second in front of myself, right? And everything I learn from my relationship with God, I apply to how I relate to other people. Again, Jesus says in the middle of this, right? He tells us to take up our cross. And what he means by that phrase, and again, the, the audience he said this to knew exactly what that meant. Taking up your cross means that I die to myself and my own desires and they are crucified on that cross, right? And I, and I give them to God. And then he says, and that's what he means. If you, if you give up your life, if you die to yourself, you take up your cross every day, then you will find life. Right? And that life, again, gives us rewards in this life and in the life to come. And again, I don't know what your day-to-day -day life looks like in your relationships, but I hope that we can follow Jesus' advice, right? And Paul's advice and Peter's advice. And as they all work through, what does this really look like to live it out? But how do I live out my faith, right? And putting God first in everything that I do. I worship him with everything I have. And then I put others second before myself, right? And then I not only, I grow in my own faith, Right, and God can use my growth and my faith to help other people find Christ. Right? And as the more that I live into this concept, the more that I am set free to true life. I want to end today with this final thought from 2 John chapter 1, verses 6 and 9. Okay, where it says, Love means doing what God has commanded us. And he has commanded us to love one another, just as you heard from the beginning. So be diligent so that you receive your full reward. Again, how do we love? How do we do relationships? Do what God commanded us. 
He's commanded us to love him with everything we have and to love others in front of ourselves. Again, I hope that today that you receive Christ as your Savior, that you start with that number one relationship. And if you've never received Christ as your Savior, then today you can pray and confess your sins to him, ask him to forgive you, invite him into your life, and you can become a Christian today. And then you start this new journey of faith, right, of, of loving him with everything you have and putting other people in front of yourself. And if you are a follower of Jesus, again, I don't know what your day-to-day -day relationships look like, uh, but I hope we can continue to all move forward together, right, in putting God first, putting others second, right, and ourselves third. Lord God, that's our prayer today. God, that we pour out our praise to you. And God, it's your spirit that lives in our hearts, God, that puts breath in our lungs, Lord, that, that we can love you with everything we have. God, and put you first in our relationship with you and first priority, God. And it's with your spirit and your love, God, that we are able to love other people in front of ourselves. And God, I pray that as we go this week, Lord, that we would shine your light in this world. God, that we would live our lives Lord, 100% for you with everything we have. God, and as we love others the way you love us, God, that, that your light would shine in their life and in this community. God, and that we would do relationships your way. Lord, guide us as we go this week. Lord, as we raise you up and glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.